Welcome to C-Suite Radio. here thanks everybody for watching and listening if you are watching you see this picture behind me you know who we're talking about that's elijah stone from the rookie Uh, we're also talking about all the other great projects that he's been a part of i mean snowfall uh everything's trash turner and hooch firefly lane i mean the list goes on and on ransom brandon j mclaren thank you for your time it's a pleasure to meet you thank you my man i appreciate your time yes well when your character was introduced on this show, yeah. I was like, I've seen this person before. You know that moment where you're watching something and it just becomes very meta. And you're like, right. I gotta I gotta dig a little deeper. So we go into IMDB Pro and we start looking. I was like, okay, we have to see about getting him on the show because this character that you're currently playing is something else. So we'll start out with that. You came on to the show, you get introduced yeah. into I think perhaps maybe, I don't think it's a bottle episode, but you become very involved with a couple of the main characters doing a favor for uh, Ash, Mr. Ashmore's character. And now right. you're popping up in multiple episodes. When you yeah. first get presented with this character, did you know that it was going to continue on with such a massive story arc? Or was it just that typical situation where it's a couple episodes... <sighs> And now it's turned into like a a massive reoccurring uh, character on the show. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, this was kind of a funny story. Um, I got, I just got offered that part. I didn't have to audition. Okay. Wow. I got a call from my agent and this doesn't happen a lot. No, very rarely at all ever. Yeah. He's like, so, Hey, I just got a straight offer for you on the rookie. It's two episodes for now. Um, what do you think? And I was like, great. Sure. It's a popular show. I think it was like episode 401 and 402, the first two episodes yeah. of the first se- of the fourth season. So I was like, fine. So I actually, so I was like, great. I'll, uh, you know, we'll get the deal done. Let's, uh, let's move forward. So I actually didn't get the script or any information about the part until I already accepted it. So I already accepted it. And then I got the script and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, I just, cause I, I figured it was like, you know, something on the rookie. It's like, you play like, you know, somebody's getting interrogated or, you know, a typical procedural type of right. guest star two episodes. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Um, what's different about that though, is that when you don't audition, like they haven't seen my idea of this character, okay. nobody <laughs> signed off on it on their end. I, you know, so like I kind of showed up, on my first day, and I only had the one day in that first in that first episode. It was the scene which me and Sean at the end, um, and I was like, it was kind of nerve wracking because normally, like everybody signs off on you, so you go onto a new set, and you you have the confidence that they cast you because of right. The you kind of already know what the character's yeah. going to be, yeah. how they want you to play it, yeah. The nuances, exactly. and like everybody signed <laughs> off on it, and that's why you got cast and. So this was the opposite. So I kind of like read this script and I showed up and I had this voice and I kind of just did this thing. And I remember in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I hope they like this. Cause like, there's definitely a version where they're like, 
dude, what the hell is, like, what are you doing? Like, what's up with that voice that you do that, like, kind of nuanced the body language? Like, in this picture here, you can see it. It's very, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's very just, you know, nuanced. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of gravitas behind all of it. And I think that's what makes the character so interesting is because you don't really know mm-hmm. where they're going to land. You want to root for him in some ways recently yeah. because of what we've seen. But then you yeah. also know this is a very arduous relationship that is now expanded into the Fed universe and this universe, yeah. too. So it was really cool. So I did the first two episodes and they brought me back, I think, for four more. But I just got cast in Snowfall, I think, after my second episode. Okay. And so there started to be scheduling conflicts. And so I think after I did, I think I did six in season four. I think they were just like, listen, like, you know, go and do Snowfall, um, you know, because they were shooting at the same time. And uh, and I didn't know I was going to be back in season five until much later. And then I got a call again, like, oh, like, they're going to have you back. Um, and then it turned into this whole thing. And it's been really great. Um Alexi, the uh, the creator, has been really, really fantastic in terms of just like really fleshing out this character that could have just been a sort of like a nominal character, but kind of turned into something. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, you'll see him more in season six. I don't know anything yet, but uh, it uh, but it, it was quite the cliffhanger. Yeah, that was definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you just never know, but it doesn't seem yeah. from the outside perspective that this story is over because clearly and people will have seen the show when this airs, but your character is very much alive. The part that I found interesting was your cellmate across the hallway, who has also been in this series in different ways, shapes and forms. Right. Which I think is what makes it interesting is now you've got two people who have are reasonably troubled people or, or maybe just, you know, bad yeah. childhood, the classic example, you know, their mothers yeah. would say that they're the best kid on the planet. So I think it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how it turns out. So that's very yeah. cool that how that worked out, because as you said, that's not something that happens regularly in this business, especially, I mean, to get an offer maybe, but then to just kind of go sight unseen based yeah. on, but it, I think it's a testament to your ability as an actor, obviously, because I'm assuming they had seen your work on other stuff before. The- I would assume so. And I think the casting director had cast me in a couple of other things, but never kind of never a character like this. Um, and I don't know if I've ever really played a character like this, um, which was awesome. And it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I really, uh, I really enjoy it because, you know, it's sort of outside like my personality as a, as a human, Clearly. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's cool, man. Yeah. I'm having a great time. I love working on the show. I love the cast. I love all the people in charge. It's great. Yeah. We've had a couple other cast members on throughout the last couple of years. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's always fun to talk to people from these procedural shows because obviously you're not like this person, but you are able to somehow find your way into a character like this. So who is Elijah Stone? Like what, what, obviously you didn't know much, you get given information later, but now that you've played him for multiple seasons and you've had several episodes, like who is he as a person myopically? Like how would you describe him? Whether it's been presented to you or just 
a right. story you've a backstory you've created in your head as you play this character so well. I mean, my feeling is that Elijah is one of those people who feels that they've always sort of gotten like glossed over. Right. You know, so he has this sort of deep desire to like be heard, you know, like he's feel like he's never been heard in his life. And I feel like now he has a little bit of power. He's just very, he just wants to make sure that nobody passes him over. I think that's really, really important. You know what I mean? Um, and I think he really gets off on being the smartest guy in the room, you know, and he uses it for nefarious reasons. I was always like, there's a version, me and, uh, um, me and Sean was talking about, there's a version where like, we could be probably great friends if like, we made one or two different choices. Our characters would probably Yeah, you guys would really be fun. hanging out. You, you would know? be doing yeah. family barbecues instead of yeah, shooting you know? up someone's home. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he made one or two different choices. And I feel like, you know, he just wants, he's just a guy that wants to be heard and seen. And I think, but I think that manifests itself in like super, you know, destructive ways, obviously. Yeah, it's almost like the middle kid syndrome where it's like, yeah. you know, you have two bookends of children the oldest who might get attention, the youngest who really wants the attention. And then like right. the middle child who's like, well, you seem to be operating just fine. So we're going to put you on autopilot while we deal with the other. Right. Two. And, yeah. and and initially in those first couple episodes where you and Sean meet, it's almost like he's coming to you. I don't remember the specific circumstances. Somebody, <laughs> his wife at the time, I think was in his Mexico. wife. Yeah, and yeah, so he you were some intel on his wife. I and I don't even remember specifically. I apologize. It's been so long. Like the reasons why he comes to you, I think it's there's a connection of a connection, and you just happen to know how to get her out. And then now all of a sudden, it's no longer a quid pro quo, but more of just like now you owe me and indefinitely. And even we find out later when that debt is allegedly paid, there's still this ongoing type of relationship that you two have it's just nuanced so well and i think brent huff who plays smitty i don't think you've shared scenes with him maybe once or twice no. but he's been on the show several times we, we just love the rookie it's so good and the pilot yeah. ep the you know the embedded episodes where we now got the feds and who knows we'll see well let's talk about snowfall that's another great show sure. i mean that show has just really reached an, a very interesting audience and it's a very cool story. How did that come about for you? Was that, an, that was an audition I'm assuming, or that was an audition. That was an audition as well. And I had already done two episodes of the rookie and uh, you know, this audition came up and it, it was a really cool part. Um, I think I did seven out of, I think I did eight out of 10 episodes. In the, yeah. You in were an eight five. that I counted and watched. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I did eight. Yeah. And um and it was a thing where I remember I auditioned for it and, you know, I heard about it uh, really quick after. Um, and then they asked if I could cut my hair and I'd already been established on the rookie. Uh oh. And I was like, I, I, I can't like, cause you know, um, I've already been established and I think they want me for a few more. And so like, they were incredible because a lot of times, you know, casting or tv shows say, okay we'll move on to the next next who, who else do we have who's next on right. the list yeah that will cut and they were like <laughs> yeah they're or or just do, they don't have dreads you know just like it's a simple fix and they were like they worked they were so great and i'm like i said i'm so grateful to everybody dave andron um they were like okay well we'll just wig them and i'm like and i was like are you kidding me and like it was awesome man because 
that was also like another opportunity to like transform into something that's completely outside of myself in terms of look and just the character. Obviously it takes place. I think our season is 1986. Um, so there's like a period component to it. Yeah. So it was great, man. And I was like, I was doing both of the shows at the same time for a while. Um, and it was just a really cool opportunity where you get to really sort of play characters that are really outside yourself on television both at the same time it was a crazy year but it was really it was really cool yeah i mean that's a dream to be that busy with yeah. so many projects well i tell you what again i've i have been a fan and watched a lot of your projects and then like i mentioned earlier when i saw you come on the rookie i was like okay let's and i'd worked with your team before on other talent and so i was like I really hope he's available because I know those shooting schedules can be absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. Where did the journey begin for you as an actor and storyteller? Like what was it that interested you into the business? I, a lot of people say you're just drawn to it. Was there a moment right. where you knew, Hey, this is for me versus like a normal eight to five. Yeah. I think, you know, I had, al I had always kind of been involved in like, even in elementary school, like been involved in like theater, you know, I think like the very first thing I did, I was like, like in first grade, I like, you know, did the nutcracker or whatever. Then I started doing commercials when I was in seventh grade. Um, my very first commercial ever was a honeycomb commercial. It's still nice. on YouTube. If you want to go look it up. Uh, we all love the taste honeycomb. You'll see it. It's uh, it never, it'll never die. That commercial. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's when I got the bug when I started to do commercials. Um, and then I had a really great, um, theater program in my high school, which was like student lev Harvey Ostroff was, uh, my 12th grade acting teacher, very instrumental, uh, to me in my life. And, and he was the one who kind of really gave me confidence, um, in terms of the ability to do this as a career and not just a hobby. Um, uh, and so I think that, you know, it started, it started pretty young. And then I went off, I played D1 soccer at the University of Albany. I got a bachelor of science in human biology. And then it was my junior year where I decided I wanted to kind of revisit acting. And I wanted to give it a real, like, a proper shot at, a, uh, at making it my profession. Um, and, you know, graduated. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I think it's been at this now 21 years. Wow. Wild. Yeah, Great man. career. Another project I want to yeah. talk about that, I mean, all of them are really good. Unreal. Yeah. That was another show that I remember yeah. from. That yeah. was such a different kind of show. And it changed hands, I think, once or twice. It, it was on for like a season or two, and then it went away. And then it came back on, on Hulu, mm -hmm. I think, picked it up. How was mm -hmm. that experience? That show was wild. And your character, I mean, the whole thing was just, I think, probably art imitating life more than people might realize as far as yeah. what goes on. And that's, it was a reality show based on a reality show essentially, as I think is how you would describe the show. It was crazy wild ride for sure. Yeah. I had so much fun on that show. Um, uh, Shiri Appleby, who I worked with a lot, who's now yeah. a, a prolific television director. Um, I just learned so much from her. She's like one of the best actresses I've ever worked opposite of. And I, I just loved working with her um but it was really cool man what was cool about the show is that like you know my character kind of took a dark turn at the end and i didn't yeah. really know where it was going it was like episode to episode and so you know there's nothing better uh than when you're on a show and you can't wait to get the next script because you just can't wait to see what happens because you kind of don't know and unreal was that show you know like every episode i, I championed the bit to get to the next episode because i was like what's going to happen 
Um, and I could never predict it, you know, even being the character, it would always take a twist or a turn that even me being in the show, I couldn't predict. So that was, that was a really, really great experience. Yes. Talk about that. There was a massive dark turn for sure. Yeah. When you're, when you don't know how a character is going to be laid out, which I'm, mm. I'm assuming like most of the time when you're the rookie is a very unique situation, but let's talk about this one. When you mm. don't know from week to week, how do you prepare as an actor? Like, do you just have to be open-minded, ready to take any risk? Because when you get that script that says, okay, you're going right. to have an entanglement, so to speak, with another <laughs> character or I, whatever the case might be, like, how do you get into the space to prepare? You know, I almost think it, it sometimes it can be better. Uh, okay. Like uh, oftentimes as an actor, like a trap in a scene, for instance, is if you know how the scene ends, and obviously you do because you're playing the scene, there's a tendency to play the end at the beginning. Okay. Um, and it's just like an actor tendency that, you know, you have to sort of actively fight against. So when you don't know what's going on from episode to episode, you play the episode for the episode. Okay. The moment. You're not like sort of like, you know, like, tipping your hand onto what could be so sometimes it's better if you know too much um you start to layer in things that may not be true in the moment just subconsciously because you know what's going to happen three or four episodes in advance okay um so yeah it's uh i don't mind it i don't mind it because you're playing the episode for the episode um and then again you have something to look forward to every week as as the actor getting the script i would imagine too like if you're doing scenes that are maybe intensely violent or right. spicy, whatever. It's like you might get into your head a little bit and go, I don't know yeah. if I can even do this, um, which could probably cause issues down the road when you're actually on set and you have to perform these scenes. But I think, you know, from someone who works a day job and they look at your life and the world that you're in, it's just so markedly mm -hmm. different. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I think you just, you have to abandon all like, everything and just really it's literally about being in the moment right as an actor and just really like responding as honestly as you possibly can yeah and like giving up a lot of sort of any sort of semblance of control right it's like listen all i can do is be as prepared as i can be show up on the day you might have four or five times and you put it all out there and then you, you're like all right well that's it like can't do nothing about it now. So I mean, just, you know what I mean? Like, I hope it turns out good. It may not, it may have turned out great, but I know that I prepared as hard as I could. And I tried to be as committed to the moment on the day. And then you gotta like throw it off, go take a shower and go to bed and like leave it where it is. And then, you know, you'll find out when it comes out. Yeah, because especially yeah. on episodic television, you know, it usually takes what a week or so to film an episode. And yeah. although you have some freedoms, depending on who guest stars or maybe who the director is, you know, yeah. and what instructions they've been given by the showrunners, you know, we had Clayne Crawford on recently who played yeah. Riggs. I've worked with Clayne. Yeah. That, I was going to say he, yeah. you guys have worked together in the past, right? I don't remember yeah. what show specifically, but. Um, on Graceland. Graceland. Yes. That yeah. another good show, man. Yeah. I yeah. We could talk to you for hours <laughs> my friend you've just that uh, Grayson was another one that just it was a good one it was on and yeah. then it just like ended all I of know. a sudden I you know, know. southland i mean just Grayson. yeah you guys worked together on that but he was telling yeah. me when he first like lethal weapon was like his really first role that he was ever offered and yeah. really his first 
true acting job, I guess you could say, as far as being a lead on a show and not having any experience and just being as purely in the moment as you possibly can. And honestly, and Mm -hmm. it's great when you have the training, but if you're just, some people just kind of get thrown into this world and it's like, Mm -hmm. it's so And like I said, on episodic TV, you might, you know, you might get three or four tries at it and then you got to move on. Right. Cause it moves fast. So you got to show up prepared. I mean, I feel like the most important component of episodic television is just your level of preparedness. There's no time to figure it out on the day. Um, you got to just be prepared and also like be willing to like change stuff on the fly because like whatever sort of ideas you may have had in your head, right? It might you might show up and it might be completely different and you got to be able to adjust and still make it honest. So I think that's sort of like the most uh, right. important component of, 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 of being an actor in episodic TV. Or if a writer or writers get ideas the day of and yep. they're like handing you sides and go, yeah, you're one of those actors you're walking around and you're just reading lines, trying to rememorize the way scenes. Right. I did yeah. some background work years ago on In Plain Sight and a few other shows in New Mexico. And I just remember the energy on the set. You can just cut it with a knife because it's so intense. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to be the actor to forget your lines <laughs> ever no because no. it also impacts everybody else's job right it, 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 it impacts the people the crew's job who have to be there every second of every day for how many months it impacts you know the actors your opposite uh, um opposite acting opposite so you, yeah like i think that's like that's like uh, agent zero has come in completely prepared i think that's super important i love it well one last question my friend you've done sure. so many different things You've had a lot of influences in your life. Is there one person or one piece of advice or maybe not, maybe something that a parent told you that really like stuck with you and has sustained you through this wild and chaotic career as a storyteller? Cause you've played just a facet of so many different characters. You know what? Something just came to me as you were saying that I did a movie called she's the man um, many moons ago and I remember Andy Fickman, who has uh, gone on to direct many, many of blockbuster movies. He gathered us all around one day. We had a pretty young cast. And he was like, listen, guys, I'm going to shoot way more film than I'm ever going to use. So he's like, every day you show up to set, give me a reason to cut to you. And I never, I never forgot that. Because he's like, there's going to be way more things on the floor. So he's like, every time you show up, give me a reason to cut to you. And so I try to... I, wow. I've taken that through my entire career because it's true, you know. You gotta show up with show up with an idea and give me give give the director and the editor a reason to cut back to you, and so as opposed to being you know put on the uh, the the cutting room floor. You're like, man, I remember saying way more and doing way more, and then I, <laughs> that, I it reminds that happens me all the time. There yeah. was a show, I think it was on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm digressing here on HBO no years ago. I think it was a like uh, followed three actors throughout their career. And Brian Greenberg was on the show and he got cast in an episode of Smallville. And okay. he, he gathered all his friends and family around. It was like a mockumentary type show. Right. I mean, obviously they were all real actors, but it was kind of following what their career green light, I think it was called. And okay. like he filmed all these big scenes and then all got cut. And he found yeah. out like the day before the episode was supposed to air and all his friends and family showed up to see him on this show. It happens, man. It happens. And that was the reason why is because the director was like, 
this guy was great, but not dynamic enough for me to keep him in the episode, which is crazy to even think about. I mean, you're obviously getting paid for the work, but it's like, but still, yeah, you have, it happens. It, it happens. You have to really be on your game, right? This is like do or die. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, because uh, there's uh, like I said, they shoot a lot more than they need. Um, so there's always a way to cut around you if you don't make him a reason not to. You got to have the Elijah Stone mentality, right? You gotta just... <laughs> well, congratulations, exactly. my friend. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. I know you're busy working Thank you. on things. Thanks to your team. It's been fun watching you on this. I can't wait to see what's next on this episode or this show, The Rookie and other things you're doing. Brandon, thanks for hanging out. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for your time, and I appreciate it. Absolutely.